0: Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, as always, we want to remind you that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode or ideas for future episodes, there are two easy and great ways to contact us.
1: Well, first of all, you could email us, uh, ignition at sfcatholic.org,
0: or you could tweet at us. Use
1: the
0: uh, <laughs> SF Diocese <laughs> is our Twitter handle. Use the hashtag ignition. S F D I O C E S E. Use the hashtag ignition. SF diocese hashtag ignition or email ignition at SFCatholic.org. Father Dickinson, happy merry almost Christmas.
1: Merry Christmas.
0: This episode is uh, should be airing on the radio on December 24th, at which point I will, two in the afternoon. In the family truckster? Uh, no, I should okay. be done, hopefully done cleaning and preparing for the festivities by then, and hopefully hopefully sipping um, a little shot of butter shots. Butter shots. Oh, it's good. I mean, just like butter? It's butterscotch schnapps. Um, it's just, it's nice.
1: Hmm sounds kind of sophomoric. Huh? Aren't you just breaking out big words lately? It's like I've been reading. It's like I got a dictionary.com page open on my computer in front of me. I don't. Honestly, I don't.
0: I'm confident. I knew that you knew could use the word sophomoric <laughs> in a sentence without dictionary.com. Um, who are you, though? Before, we, sh- we should introduce ourselves a bit in, in case anybody's driving on the way to, to celebrate Christmas somewhere right now and... Happen to be listening to this this radio show and wondering who the heck we are?
1: I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. I'm a priest of the Diocese of Sioux Falls, pastor of Saint Paul's in White, and director of the Newman Center, Pius XII, for, uh, s- the Twelfth, for providing the Catholic faith to students and faculty of South Dakota
0: State University. My brief random question during our introduction, Pius the Who are you? Dang it. I'm going to come back to Pius the Okay, I am Chris Bergwald. I am the director of adult discipleship and evangelization with the diocese. More importantly, I am a husband of 16 years and it, uh, to my wife Germaine, and a father of 11 years to my five children. So, um, Pius the Twelfth, Father, do you? What is it, What does that? Does that mean anything concretely? Out of curiosity. Pius XII
1: was a Pope of
0: the Holy Roman Church. <laughs> the fact that you're Newman, the Newman Center, uh, which you uh, which you serve.
1: 1930 to 1955.
0: D- do you ever do anything uh, in terms of, uh, I'm curious if you've ever done anything.
1: Well, I mean, we pray students. devotions sometimes. I'll end and I'll ask Venerable Pope Pius XII to pray for us. There we go. Um, we most importantly, though, you've seen this. It's resplendent and magnificent. It was actually a Christmas gift of a couple of years ago from my brother and his family. The Pope uh, Pius Clock. I don't remember the Pope Pius Clock. You haven't seen the Pope Pius Clock? Maybe I have, but oh, I don't it's remember. Oh, awesome. It. So, yeah, so it's it's in our main room uh, at the Newman Center, and so, of course, there's 12 popes that have been named Pius, and so their pictures <gasps> awesome. are on for, like, Pope Pius I for 1 o'clock, Pope Pius II for... Really? Yeah, and so on and so forth, all the way through, yeah.
0: And, no, no, so where... I, it's in know, the main lounge at the Newman Center. In the main yeah, lounge. Yeah. I will have to look next time I'm yeah. there.
1: In fact, we are kind of wondering, like, in uh, 2013, when uh, Pope uh, Benedict had resigned, what if the new pope becomes Pope Pius XIII? What are you going to do? What are we going to do? And I was like, would put a picture of him, like, right in the middle of the dial. <laughs> oh,
0: there we go. Huh? Yeah. There we go. Yeah, that could still happen easily within your time.
1: That's so definitely...
0: Who knows how long I'll have. <laughs> That's right. So, um... But that's not what we're talking about today. I was just curious. Uh it, it, Tangent. We are random talking uh, instead about this great feast, this great solemnity, actually, which we are about to begin to celebrate this evening with evening prayer one of Christmas. Yeah,
1: there, there's actually a mass of Christmas Eve day in the missal.
0: Right. Yeah, which I I usually pray it the be, morning. Right. Yeah, in the morning. Yep. Is there is there is there a feast on the 24th? Somebody's is there a memorial? Oh.
1: There was. I don't remember who it is. But uh, um, I don't think it's actually in the missile, the current missile. Okay. But uh, yeah, so I I like to pray that one because I have, unlike most priests, I've got very little, very few masses to do around Christmas. I have a a vigil mass Christmas Eve and then a midnight mass Christmas morning. Uh, And uh, so I like to do that little mass on Christmas Eve morning just because it doesn't get prayed that often.
0: Right, right yeah i don't think there is any more on the 24th i know the 31st saint sylvester on the 31st like new year's eve i'll often pray that one yeah yeah as you just said um that makes sense so so um christmas officially begins though with with evening prayer one vespers um on the 24th of december um today as this is airing on Lamb Catholic Radio. So we thought it'd be worth talking a little bit about Christmas and what we're celebrating with the Feast of Christmas. So what is Christmas? It's the birth of the Christ. The
1: yeah. Mass in which we celebrate the birth of the Christ.
0: And so, and and, and the then The nativity the name, of
1: our Lord Jesus Christ.
0: The name that we use, Christmas, gets precisely at the liturgical dimension. Right, right, so yeah, so the, the heart of Christmas is the Mass. Christ Mass. Yep. I mean, we have Candlemas. We don't refer to them commonly. Candlemas. Um, mass Mass. Uh, do we? I think so. Uh, Michael Mass.
1: Martin Mass. Really? Feast of St. Martin of Tours. Really? Yeah, well, I think I've so. I've never heard.
0: We, but I, so Michael Mass comes to mind The in late September, the Feast of Michael and uh, Gabriel and Raphael.
1: Martin Mass gets me to the Wikipedia page of St. Martin's Day.
0: There we go. St. Martin's Day, November 11th. Including Martin Mass Beef.
1: Oh. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> this is the time when autumn wheat scene was completed and the annual slaughter of fat fattened calf produced Martin Mass Beef.
0: Martin Mass Beef. And then we mentioned Candlemas, which is For February... your listeners
1: who are in the Hoven area.
0: <laughs> there we go. Uh, February 2nd, the presentation of our Lord in the temple. Candlemas. Candlemas. When you typically bless all the candles. Yep. For uh, the blessing of throats the next day, feast of St. Blaise. But also for the whole year of use. Oh, Okay.
1: You which is all really hard to like figure out how many do I need for the year?
0: Yeah. But yeah, so store them all. So the, wor- the the, the, the celebration of Christmas is about, uh, ultimately about prayer. Um, obviously right. we're going to talk more about that a little bit later, how and why we, why and how we celebrate Christmas. Um, but more broadly it's sort of the direction you were going initially, we're celebrating the incarnation, the, the, the birth of the Lord who has already become incarnate in the womb of the Blessed of Virgin Mary.
1: But it's worth celebrating at least once a year.
0: Right. right. Yeah. Because we do... And for know, a long time. Uh, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. The Christmas season... Uh, uh, um, Emily Hoffman and I, in an episode of Ignition on Advent a few weeks ago, talked about how we've got the season of Advent to prepare for Christmas, right. but then we have the feast, the solemnity of Christmas, and its season to celebrate it. Uh, actually, I,
1: I love. had a memory about this from uh, a focus conference with the college students, Uh, And it was on like, it started like December 30th and, you know, went into New Year's, this focus conference. And there was a Christian, not Catholic, but a Christian musician, um, uh, Matthew West. Oh, yeah. Who was there the first night. And he's like, Yeah, we've been on Christmas break all through December in my band and, and now Christmas is over. And so we're going back and like no. the, Yeah, this yeah, this crowd of like two thousand, four thousand, whatever it was Catholics so were like, No. And he's like, I know, I can't believe it's over. He didn't quite catch it. <laughs> and the next night, Matt Marr was playing and who's Catholic. Right. And he's like, you know, I thought I heard someone saying yesterday that Christmas was over. And we're like, No. And he's like, That's <laughs> right. We're Catholic and we party. And he exactly. went into this like eight-minute mashup of Christmas hymns and, like, songs. Right. Like, mostly mostly hymn varieties, uh, not just, like, you know, Santa Claus, but it was really cool just that they prepared all that together
0: in that way. I've always been—this is something that I've always— I would love to know what are the the, the, the family traditions and devotions mm. that one, I've been on this search, literally I have truly been on the search for years. Usually it's this time of the year when I think about it, what can I do? What can we, what can my, my family and I do to celebrate the season of Christmas? You know, it's, uh, the the old liturgical calendar mm-hmm. prior to the Second Vatican Council, the season of Christmas went, and we talking about candle to mass, candle mass. so yeah. February second, so all of January, and so you know you hear, I think we have this, um, uh, uh, or, or in my mind a romantic vision of you know singing singing Christmas carols and so Just on in England, but particularly some Charles Dickens thing, but that would happen in January. Oh yeah, totally. It wasn't that was December. not December. No, that was it was January. January. The 12 days
1: of Christmas starts on Christmas Exactly. Day. Yeah. And
0: leads into the traditional day of the Epiphany, January 6th. 6th.
1: What's well, the actual day of Epiphany still? We just transferred each year.
0: Right, right, yeah, right. So, so th- this is a season that we're beginning now to celebrate. And it, it, right, it's hard to do because the culture around us not just the secular culture, but even our, our, many of our brothers and sisters right. see this as the
1: end of Christmas. Right. Even our yeah, even our non-Catholic Christian friends like, oh yeah, Christmas is over, December 26th, move on. Yeah. Well, it's kind of the same way too, like Easter is over.
0: Right. Right.
1: I remember asking uh, a non-Catholic friend of mine who had gone to college with and then was actually out around where I was going to seminary and so we'd hang out from time to time. And I'm like, he's like, oh, what's going on this week? I'm like, well, you know, we got Pentecost. He's like, what's that? The 50th day after, no, actually, it was the ascension. I was like, Oh, it's well, it's the 40th day after Jesus rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven. He's like, Oh, I'm like, yeah, it's in the Bible, and we celebrate it. You know, we're kind of biblical, right? Yeah, but yeah, so I guess, I mean, and, and plenty of not plenty of Catholics don't realize, right? I mean, right absolutely, disparaging non
0: Catholics. So, I, it's so actually, if, if anybody does have any great. Christmas season devotions Things. that you do as a family. Email us or tweet us. Well, tw- org, Tweet us. Sfdiocese hashtag ignition. Go ahead.
1: Well, the twelfth night parties.
0: Right. Yep. My uh, uh, some friends of my
1: brothers uh, in St. Louis who would follow the traditional calendar more in their devotion. They would usually have a twelfth night party. Really? Yeah, and they would just gather all their friends together and just like you know they just be hors d'oeuvres and food and drinks out and just be. Just a party near the 12th night. Huh. Yeah. I kind of like that. Idea. Uh, I think it's pretty cool. Because, I mean, it's actually really nice to be able to have a Christmas party in the true Christmas season. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Huh. This is where, actually, I'm just thinking um, out loud right now. This is where the, the transference of Epiphany could actually be practically helpful for me that way. Because <laughs> I could have the 12th night party, would literally be the 12th night, the uh, an Epiphany party on the weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah. I got a buddy who, um, uh, his job is, he's he goes to bed at 7.30 because he's up at 3 a.m. So oh, wow. I, I would like for him to be able to come to the 12th of the party.
1: <laughs> anyway. Well, and another great idea um, is to waiting to get your tree. Yeah. You know, uh, especially if you do a cut your own. Yep. I mean, yeah, you're going to have less selection, but waiting to get your tree until later on, like maybe after the Immaculate Conception, uh, after Our Lady Guadalupe, but then trying to keep your tree longer. Right. My brother and his family would often try to see if they could keep their tree all the way till Candlemas, till well, presentation. Really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. But they would try, and, and they would also like put it up and not decorate it until maybe yeah. like uh, the 17th or so.
0: Right, right. So there, there are all sorts of ways to celebrate the season that begins tonight. We got really far off of our outlook. Yeah, we did. but it's good. <laughs> this has been
1: great. It's Hey, it's Christmas. We're just kind of relaxed
0: right now. Christmas exactly. is going to be over in a day or two. That's, oh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So what is the incarnation? Let's come back to what we're celebrating. What is the Incarnation? Trinity.
1: It's uh, God in very human flesh.
0: So the Son of God, the Word of God, the Second person in the Trinity becomes one of us in the womb of the of Virgin Mary, which we celebrated back nine months ago on the Solemnity of the Annunciation, March, March 25th. 25th, yep. We, yeah. So uh, the Incarnation is what we're celebrating in a particular way, and, and I think it's important, Father, to point out that the, this Feast of Christmas – does certainly celebrate that, but it's also mm-hmm. got a couple of other dimensions to it. We're celebrating Christ's coming two thousand years ago ish. We're celebrating the ways He comes to us now, right. looking for His presence in our lives in our midst today. But we're also celebrating, if you will, learn yearning, longing for His coming again at the end of time, the second coming. Right. So the first coming, the second coming, and also the everyday comings, if you will.
1: Right. So that that first coming in hiddenness and smallness in Bethlehem and that life of a hidden ministry where his glory was robed in uh, a
0: human flesh. That resplendent glory.
1: Yes, was robed. Yes. And uh, uh, you threw me off with that. Sorry. Uh, Do I throw you off when I say resplendent? Yes. Really? What? What are we talking about? Okay. So, uh, yes. So his... uh, Hidden in human flesh and hidden in meekness and poverty and littleness and smallness all throughout. Even the resurrection was in somewhat, you know, in a sense, subdued as far as what actually was. Um, But his second coming in glory, I mean, he will be undeniably king of kings and lord of lords. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. I remember I was struck by the, um, the gospel reading for the second Sunday of Advent uh, a couple of weeks ago um, from Luke chapter three, where Luke speaking about John the Baptist and, he's, and he quotes, as Matthew and Mark also do, from Isaiah um, about John the Baptist, the roads made straight, paths, all that good stuff. But, but unlike Matthew and Mark, Luke includes another line that comes from that passage in the book of the prophet Isaiah, mm-hmm. and all, all flesh shall see the salvation of God. That will happen most completely and most fully at the second coming. All of humanity, all flesh, will will see the salvation of God ultimately at the end of time. Well, and um,
1: in the the preface for Advent, so uh, earlier on in the month, uh, in the first part of Advent, and from when Advent began, the 29th of November until the 17th of December, we prayed uh, the preface, the first preface of Advent, and there it talks about how. Uh, When he comes again in glory, majesty, and all is at last made manifest. Right. That second coming. So we celebrate, uh, we look forward to that in Christmas of that second coming when it will be manifest. Like you can't deny. Yep. I mean, uh, now you may not accept it, but you can't deny it. Right. That he is the Christ. He is God from God, light from light, true God from
0: true God. Right. Okay, so that a little bit on what the Incarnation is, what we're celebrating, looking back, but also looking to the future. Um, and I think it's always worth talking, Father, about uh, why the Word became flesh. And I love the oh, four yeah, yeah. reasons that the Catechism of the Catholic Church gives. There are all sorts of reasons we could give, but the Church um, in the Catechism, this authoritative teaching document of what we believe as Christ, Catholic Christians, um, narrows it down, sort of focuses on four things in particular. Um, the, the word became flesh to show us, uh, to save us from our sins, to show us the father's love, to be for us a model of holiness and to make us partakers in the divine nature. I like them. So, <laughs> given the fact what, that we spent, go ahead. Sorry.
1: What's the catechism reference
0: that you're on? Uh, oh, no idea.
1: Oh, seriously?
0: Do you know? I'm no, bad. I'm
1: looking. Dang it. So I'm like I'm, I'm trying I'm trying to I'm trying to rap with you here. That's why that was like the most underwhelming. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I like them groovy. Yeah,
0: they're good. So uh, they're good stuff.
1: yes, uh, four four fifty six through four sixty I believe. Why did Why did the Word become flesh? Right. Yep. Word became flesh for us in order to save us, reconciling us with God. Right. It became flesh so that thus we might know God's love. The Word became flesh to be our model of holiness. And the Word became flesh to make us partakers of the divine nature.
0: There we go. Yep. So you can read more about them there in that section of the catechism, but boiling it down to save us, to show us how much God loves us, to to model for us what it means to be human, how to be holy, and then to make us partakers of the divine nature. Which is... By the
1: power of the Holy Spirit.
0: Something that we could spend a lot of time about. Or you could just read the book to which I've contributed an essay coming from Ignatius Press next year.
1: Really? Yes. Actually, I just read a great book on retreat in November. Oh. True Devotion to the Holy Spirit by Uh, Martinez. Yeah. Did we talk about that? Yeah, I think you did mention that when we talked about uh, favorite books. So. No, we didn't, because I didn't know about this book when we did that.
0: Oh. Yeah. You've talked to me... No, no, I've never You have it, talked to me no, about it.
1: Okay, but I've never heard about this book in my life.
0: Until. Until then. Very nice. So, so you can get into more, uh, you can read the catechism for more detail on those four reasons for why the word became flesh, but just for the sake of time, let's move on briefly. The impact of all of this. Thud. I'm thinking more. Boom.
1: Oh. I mean, thud is an impact, though.
0: Yeah, I know, but not much of one.
1: I don't know. I mean, like, if you're far away, what's the impact,
0: Father? <laughs>
1: uh when I think of the impact of the incarnation, I, you know, uh, the fact that uh, our Lord is here and what our Lord's doing for us. Um, it was a couple of years ago, and I, I think I share this quite often when I talk about Christmas. But I was doing midnight mass up at uh, St. Mary's in Aberdeen when I was Ooh, an associate, right? And uh, the reader uh, was reading from Isaiah chapter nine, which is the uh, uh, the Old Testament reading for the Midnight Mass. Uh, every boot that has tramped in battle and every cloak that was rolled in blood will be burned as fuel in flames. Wow. Can you, can
0: you say that one more time?
1: Yeah. Every boot that has tramped in battle and every cloak that was rolled in blood will be burned as fuel in the flames. So what what, what does that say to you? It just says to me that like the, the battle for holiness... And the battle, like, uh, of the Christian life, that Christ is the one who's ultimately won it, right? you know, and the battle that we're in on a day-to-day basis, you know, of grace, of life, of holiness, um, there will come a day, especially in the second coming, you know, or at my death, um, where, you know, uh, how I fought, you know,
0: I won't need them anymore. Right. Yeah. Right. And so I think that gets to, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because that sort of fits with how we as Catholics celebrate this feast. And going back to what we said at the very beginning about just what the word Christmas means, Christ mass, mm-hmm. gets at the fact that we, the, the centrality that we place, the focus we place, the emphasis we place on coming together for, this is a holy, most people go to church on this right. day, but it's a holy day of obligation. Yeah. Why? Because when we this is true about every mass. When we come to mass, when we participate in mass by by praying the mass according to our own whatever, our role in the mass, if you will, is priest, congregation, whatever, we are helping to accomplish what we're celebrating. So you're just speaking what you think we're just speaking about how, how that, that passage from Isaiah struck you. When mm. we come to any mass, but but I think we, we think of it. I'm thinking most particularly now for Christmas Mass. When we celebrate Mass at Christmas, when we participate in in Mass at Christmas, we are bringing about, we're furthering, maybe, furthering the impact of the salvation that Jesus won for us 2,000 years ago by becoming man and dying on the cross.
1: Yeah, which is our Christian duty, our Christian call, our Christian life, is to continue that. Uh, That was a theme for me in my Advent preaching uh, was Christ being born in you. Right. I mean, that's, that's the desire of God, is for Christ to be born in you by the power of the Holy Spirit. Right. And so are you celebrating Christmas with an eye of that?
0: Right, right. So we don't just, you know, Christmas mass in particular, Christmas in general, certainly the mass, is more than just a birdie, birthday party. It's more than us coming together to celebrate Jesus' birth as a baby 2,000 years ago. It's also us somehow performing or, or furthering what he accomplished by becoming man. It's us, it's hastening his second coming at the end of time in which what you, again, that passage from Isaiah will be completely fulfilled in which the other passage from Isaiah, um, all salvation, all flesh shall see the salvation of God. I don't think we can neglect the importance of coming together for Christmas mass and participating in Christmas mass as, as a key component to what Christmas is.
1: And it's not just something to get out of the way. Right. And like, I, you know, as we've been thinking about this, I've been actually rethinking the way I do feast days. Like for me as a Catholic and as a priest, like I think like the feast days, Christmas, Easter, you know, okay. Yeah. So I got the big mass and then I kind of just do whatever I want, you know? Right. I mean, and nothing bad, but why am I not still doing a holy hour on these days? Why am I not still praying? You know, I'm usually probably praying my rosary, but probably kind of rushedly. Right. You know, why am I not like, Celebrating it as a feast day, not just a vacation day, right? Oh, but was it interesting the thought there. Just like how school, and just like school schedules, yep. still impacts you, right. and impacts our world. I mean, right. several generations formed by like the public school schedule in that way. Right. What is it? it's vacation?
0: Right. Right. It's not. A f- it's not a holy day. It's a vacation. Right. Right. So, so say more about the distinction there. How is a holy day for, different from a vacation day? Well, I'm going to take vacation. Uh, actually, I.
1: I uh, when this is playing, I've, I took vacation already, you know, and it's uh, a time away from the parish, time away from responsibilities. I'm going to pray, but you know, I'm not doing business, not responding to, not responding to uh, everyday emails, not responding right. to everyday phone calls or texts. I'm just chilling, right. reading, relaxing, eating, praying, repeat. Right. Right. But a holy day, a holy day is a day, you know, to specifically celebrate, uh, the reality of, uh, of the mysteries of God, whatever the mystery of that Holy day is, right. You know, Christmas, you're celebrating the mystery of Christ becoming flesh right. and the mystery of all that's inaugurated by his uh, birth.
0: Right. Right. So that, yeah, I, I think that's as we begin, as we prepare to literally celebrate this, this great feast, this great solemnity of Christmas, just some things to think about that way. The other thing too, before we wrap up father, I think, Getting to, again, that quote from Isaiah that you ref- re- referenced right. earlier, how the incarnation um, is obviously a, a major moment, but it's already pointing to the cross. Right. Um, Pope Leo, St. Leo the Great said Christ, Jesus Christ was born to die on the cross. Yeah. He came to die on the cross.
1: He, uh, was it a Fulton Sheen, venerable Fulton Sheen? Uh, what does it say, that uh, uh, Christ was the only one whose birth was, whose bo- both his birth and his death were predicted.
0: Right, right, exactly. And we see that the church, um, we see that in the way that we celebrate the Christmas season. So we, we have this great feast of, of of the nativity that we're celebrating tonight and tomorrow, but then uh, on Saturday, we're celebrating the feast of the first martyr, St. Right, Stephen. right. So Stephen was martyred, and that and, and we celebrate his martyrdom the day after Christmas. And then on the twenty eighth, uh, we're going to celebrate the, the 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 feast of the Holy Innocents, the young boys under two who Herod killed as he was trying to kill the Christ Child in Bethlehem. And then the day after that, Saint Thomas Becket, who was killed by his king um, because of of his faith and his yeah. putting. I think with him too wasn't it recognizing the role of well I don't remember. Thomas Beckett's life.
1: He's earlier than Thomas More.
0: Right, right, yep. right. So, so, Father, we got about a, a minute or so to go. Anything that you want to leave us with as we pre- prepare now in the final moments to celebrate Christmas? What
1: is, uh, one final word would be, you know, with all the bad things that have been going on in our world recently, if there's one thing we need, it's a religious celebration in faith and in truth. Mm. We need a Christmas that's not just, and Pope Francis has kind of talked a bit about this, we need a Christmas celebration that's not just uh, materialism, toys, games, disposable culture, things we're going to buy for people that we're going to throw away in a month, make it an eternal Christmas in the sense that you're offering prayers and graces uh, and devotions that last unto eternity.
0: Right, right. So so as we were talking earlier, think about the things uh, of what Christmas is truly celebrating and preparing for, the first coming, the second coming, and then also the ways that Christ is present to us in our midst. Right, and, and being able to take part
1: in... Jesus' own offering to the holy trinity of uh praise and glory through the gift of the mass uh in doing that for the sake of peace in our world for the sake of peace in your own life um that's an eternal uh gift you offer at christmas
0: just some some thoughts hopefully as you prepare to celebrate christmas that you can take to heart And with that, we will wrap up this episode of of Ignition. Again, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or tweet to us at SFDiocese, use the hashtag Ignition, with any thoughts, questions, or ideas for future future episodes.
1: And until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
0: Amen. Thanks for listening. You can find archives of this and past episodes online at sfcatholic.org. Click on Media and then Audio Files. You can also subscribe to the Ignition podcast in the iTunes Store. Remember to tune in every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. on Lamb Catholic Radio at 91.3 FM in Hartford and 104.3 LPFM Juan Diego Catholic Radio in Sioux Falls and on 88.9 FM in Ipswich and Aberdeen or online at lambradio.com.